Okay, welcome to the Missionary uh, Day presentation. We've got a lot of, uh, a lot of information from a lot of missions, and uh, um, we're, uh, it's going to move through things uh, fairly quick. Uh, one of the things that uh, we want to talk about is uh, what, is it gonna, what does it take to get you involved with uh, with missions, and this starts right with in our in our home areas, uh, whether it's a, a community uh, a project reaching out. Uh, missions is not about going overseas necessarily; it's just one aspect of it. Um, and one of the things that we have right in our own churches is. You know, we have a real need for people to get involved with some of our smaller churches. We have, we have a, a number of smaller churches in our denomination that have uh, a lot of older people have, uh, have passed away already or um, are now in possibly nursing homes or retirement homes, can't always come. And the congregations are getting really small. And people are needed in these places. And there's a lot of excuses we come up with in our lives of why it shouldn't be me. Um, you know, maybe the thing to look at is why, should it, uh, why shouldn't it be me? Um, but I believe that God is calling many to go and be involved and, and help out and um, we get in the way of God's call for that. I know it first from my own life. I was there as well. I still am in a lot of, uh, a lot of times. Um, you know, in some areas of, I think of like in Papua New Guinea where they do regular church plants and stuff, um, when there's a new church starting out or there's a church that needs help, uh, it's, people are just simply told, you're moving your family across country over to that church and you're going to help out at that church. Um, and they go. Um, I can just imagine the attitudes and the things that would come across from people if they were told to do something like that. But it doesn't take an individual telling you. God's telling you. And take up God's call to go and relocate and go and help uh, at some of our uh, smaller churches. Um, and mission work doesn't just start all of a sudden. It's what we do in our everyday lives. It's uh, unless you actually um, tell others about what Christ is doing in your life and how much you love him, um, you're, you're not going to go do it somewhere else. It starts right at home, right where you are. You know, just wanted to share some of the different comments that get back from missionaries. And it's more just as an awareness. It's not a, it, some of them are positive comments, some are more negative comments. It's an awareness so that we're aware of them and that we can pray for one another. Um, you know, I wish I'd know how amazing it was going to be. I wish I'd known how difficult mission really is. I wish I had some more realistic expectations. I wish I'd known more about myself and being patient. 
I wish I'd realized the importance of pre-field training. I wish I had known about language learning and missionary relationships. I wish I had learned about, uh, learned about spiritual warfare, or I wish I knew how to deal with conflict. I wish I'd known that we would be nearly forgotten by those who had been closest to us. And I'm glad I didn't know beforehand what I would later find out. There's a lot of work to be done in the Lord's Vineyard. And uh, um, so in the, next, uh, in the next hour here, let's see what uh, you know, God is doing uh, through people like you and me here in the next hour. With Nepomuceno, uh, the boys' home, have a video on some of the things going on there. Sometimes his eyes were gentle and filled with laughter, and sometimes they cried. Sometimes there was a fire. Of holy anger in Jesus' eyes But the eyes that saw hope in the hopeless That saw through the fall to the knee Are the same eyes that look down from heaven Into the deepest part of you and me And His eyes always upon us His eyes never close in sleep and no matter where you go you will always be in His eyes in His eyes Sometimes his voice comes calling like rolling thunder, like driving rain. And sometimes his voice is quiet, and we start to wonder if he knows our pain. But he who spoke peace to the water cares more for our hearts than the waves. Voice that once said you're forgiven still says you're forgiven today. Today, sometimes I look above me when stars are shining and I feel so small. How could the God of heaven and all creation? No, I'm here at all. But then in the silence, he whispers, My child, I created you too. And you're my most precious creation. I even gave my son for you. And his eyes are always upon you. His eyes never close in sleep And no matter where you go You will always be in His 
computers and me don't always get along. Okay, the next one is on, uh, on, on Zambia. And also come out for more, uh, more information on uh, Zambia uh, on Wednesday afternoon at Campus Center Room 105.
With Zambia, there's uh, uh, there's a number. Ashley Tomic is here that just spent, uh, I think it's two months over there, and there's a couple other people that came back with the work team. So uh, come out for the afternoon forum and hear about their experience uh, experience there. Um, I don't think you want to miss it. We had a team go out to Papua New Guinea in March of this year again, which consisted of Willie Retzman, Tyler Weinhart, Walter Weinhart, and his wife Ruthie Weinhart. The purpose of the trip was to encourage the brethren in Papua New Guinea and to build three new teacher houses at the Bible school. We also wanted to visit a number of the churches. The Bible school in Papua New Guinea with the Good News Christian Church is run under the direction of the principal whose name is Ruth Hondola. Ruth has been in this position for quite a number of years and is very dedicated to the quality teaching at the school. The Bible school basically prepares future pastors for the growth of the Good News Christian Church. This is a school for adults and families, not for children. The men are taught Bible theology and the women are taught life skills. The men or families come from long ways away many times and they are boarded at the school. Many of them travel home on the weekends, but during the week they make gardens and cook foods for the families and live in very small spaces. The teachers at school are paid a very small wage compared to anything that we would be used to and also compared to what they can get in other places in Papua New Guinea. The purpose of building the three new teacher houses is since the teachers make such a small wage that they're supplied with a home to live in, which also allows them to stay closer to students if there's a question that comes up during their evening studies. It also allows them to be involved more with the life skills teaching aspect of the students. For the last three years or so, the old teacher houses couldn't be used because they were made out of bush material and they had rotted out and it was no longer safe to live in. As you may have remembered from advertisements or news bulletins that we had collected funds for the teacher houses in the past and there was enough that came together to be able to start the project. We're also collecting more funds this year because the costs were a little bit higher than what was anticipated because of the way the land had to be dug out of the side of the mountainside. As you can see, the start of the buildings of the teacher houses is not like something you would imagine around here. The land had to be dug out of the side of the mountains to create flat areas for the buildings to be able to sit and it's not an area where you could bring equipment to actually do the digging. Everything had to be dug by hand. The climate in this area is kind of like tropical rainforest where it many times rains a little bit during the day and then the sun comes out very strong other parts of the day. The locals will tell you in the morning whether it'll be raining in the morning or in the afternoon based on the cloud formation above the area and depending on which mountains the clouds are forming above. Their weather predictions are probably closer to reality than some of the predictions that we get around here with 
a lot of fancy instruments. We had the opportunity of visiting a number of the church areas where in some areas we had large crowds and others we had smaller crowds. One thing's clear that the brethren from the Good News Christian Church in Papua New Guinea love to serve the Lord. When they get together to worship, many times there's no building to be inside of. So they all carry umbrellas because they're going to be outside, open to the elements. And when the sun comes out from behind the clouds, the umbrellas go up. And if it starts to rain, the umbrellas go up again. It's quite interesting view from the front. If you are uh, looking out over the crowd and within half a minute, you can see the people and the next moment they're under a shield of umbrellas. Many of the churches are being replaced from bush material to lumber and tin, but many of them are incomplete because they cannot afford to finish them. There are some cases where the government will assist with some of the building costs, but it is rare that it's enough for the full building. But yet, at the other hand, they have to be careful because if they do receive funds, it has to be used. So they're better off putting up a shell of a building and have it incomplete than to not start. The brethren in Papua New Guinea consider us as the Apostolic Christian Church to be the mother church. It is interesting how God works and provides because today the Good News Christian Church has over 143 congregations and close to 18,000 members, which is much bigger than what we are here. God is so much bigger than anything we could ever imagine and what he can do through the faithfulness of one or a few can alter a whole country. We have monthly communication with the brethren in Papua New Guinea and they express their love and gratitude and greetings to each and every one of you. Please continue to pray for the Good News Christian Church in Papua New Guinea. We're thankful to have Juan and Bethany here and I'll let them introduce themselves. Right, thank you. We're thankful to be here and I'll do the first part of the presentation with the slides and then Juan has some things to share as well. He's part of the Brazilian board that's now in charge of CLM. Okay, most of you are probably familiar with CLM or even very familiar with CLM, may have even been there, but for those of you who may not know what it is, maybe your first time at camp, uh, CLM is a children's home that was founded in 1973 and our goal is to be agents of transformation in the lives of the kids that come to us. Most of the kids that, all of the kids that come to us have been removed from their homes um, judici judicially uh, due to situations of risk like abuse and abandonment in their family. So they're in desperate need of hope in their lives and transformation by the, the power of Jesus. So those of you who were here last year saw a brief presentation. Um, these are the main things that have changed at CLM since last year. We'll be able to go into a lot more detail in the afternoon presentation tomorrow afternoon. Um, but one of the main things that the new board, when they came in last year, they talked to members of the community and some of the people said that it was really important to them the way the CLM farm looked. If it looked like it was neat and in order, they would be willing to help more. 
So that was one of the main things that they did, general cleanup of the farm. Um, we now have some new government requirements that the children be housed in single-family dwellings. So we're working on remodeling projects to do that, and I'll show you some pictures of that. Um, we're working to have better accountability of the caregivers so we know exactly what's going on with the kids in the individual houses. And we've been able to improve the spiritual focus. I have some pictures of that. And also, the funding that's coming from the U.S. and Canada is not enough to support our current budget, so we're working on finding ways to get funds from within Brazil. So here are some pictures of the CLM grounds as it is now, after we did some cleanup in the various areas. This is the office, which is part of the next, present, uh, the next part of the, the remodeling, which I'll be able to explain in the afternoon forum. They've done such things just to make the place look nice. So it's everybody who comes says, wow, it's really beautiful here. And um, even people who come from years, who lived there years ago said it's, it's even more beautiful than it was at that time. The garden is doing well, and they're able to use that. This is the back of the house, um, the main house. And this main building, is, since it won't be able to be used to house the children, will have the office in there, a visitor's area, areas to have group activities, and then any missionaries that don't live with the kids can live in there as well. So we did some painting inside the main building as well. This is one of the apartments. This is the visitor's wing. It's, much better now. it's ready to receive visitors if you would like to come and help us or the work team that's coming down soon. This is what was the boys' hallway. Anyone who's there recently remembers that it was a lot darker. So one of the main things to help open up the spaces that, that are smaller, we painted lighter colors, and it makes a huge difference. Um, the office is temporarily in this area right now because the building the office was in is turning into a house. So this is the first house that was remodeled. It was built by Jacob Lye, it's a concrete block house, and there was no hallway through the middle to provide access to the rooms. You had to go through the bedrooms to go through, through a bedroom to go to other bedrooms. And so that problem was fixed. And these are two of the rooms after the remodeling was done. When we switched to the, the family group system a few years ago, one of the things we ran into that was that we couldn't um, be in, we didn't have as much contact with the kids and the caregivers to see what was going on in each house. So this past year we started having meetings with each couple and we talk about the needs of each individual, each individual child every two weeks. And we also make visits to each of the individual houses so we can see what's going on there. And the idea is to make sure that the CLM kids are receiving the stable Christian home environment that they need so that they can come to know the Lord and be healed from their, the traumas they've experienced. Many kids are responding well to that. We have four different houses now. Those four different houses you can see in these pictures um, in the top left, giving a Bible study. Uh, the top right, some of the little girls playing together. The bottom left the older girls with their caregiver, which is really important because most of them, if they've been abused, it's usually been a man that's done something bad to them, and they really need that male role model to understand what Jesus is like and understand that not all men are bad. And um, our caregivers have that special role in the, in the lives of the kids. And at the bottom 
the bottom middle is repeated the same group, but they, they had some visitors in their house to show that it's just like a normal family, have people over. And, um, and the bottom right was the party that the caregivers had when they received those three boys in their house. So in addition to the uh, activities in each individual house, there are some group activities we have with the teenagers together, prayer meetings, roundtable discussions about things that teenagers run into every day, and praise and prayer meetings. We've developed some projects to try to increase the funding from the Brazilian side. Um, the state government has a program where we can scan in receipts that, that um, we get from local grocery stores and other commerce, and we can receive uh, credit back from that. So that's been helping us increase our funding a little bit. Also, the goal is to increase the farm profit by increasing the area that we're, that we're planting. So all of these things, I have more, more details for, for you tomorrow afternoon. If you want to come out, we would be thankful to have you there. Um, we have various ways you can get in contact with us if you're interested in coming down. We have a Facebook page. You can look us up, and you can feel free to talk to me afterwards or tomorrow. We'll be here until Wednesday. Juan will be flying on Wednesday. So this is what we'll have in the afternoon forum. We'll have the pictures of all the current children and the caregivers and show you who they are, who we're ministering to. Um, the details of the next phase of remodeling, what's going to be done, and some more financial details, and we can answer any questions that you have that we don't have time to do right now. So Juan has a few things to say to you about what the board's vision is and, and how God's been doing things in the last few years. It will be a little bit difficult to me maybe to speak in English, but it's a first time for everyone, I think. Uh, I, I grew up with the kids at CLM. Most of them were my best friends. And um, I'm really happy what I can see right now because I, I don't like the, the way my friends got. Uh, our, our vision is to give those kids a firm foundation in Christianity how to be a Christian, how to be light. And this has to be done. This begins in my life. I should be light for those kids. I can give them hope because they are so herded before. I never saw my friends at the board cry so much how they did. You can't, maybe you can't, imagine how bad men's could be, how worst we could be, how damage we can cause. And this is not an easy way. There is not a medicine to cure that. We can't reach so. Only God can. And this is where we are fo uh, focused right now, how God can use us to give hope and joy for those kids. How we can help them to... Uh, I can say many of those kids, when you talk to them the first time, they will never 
look at your face, they are afraid. They will look at your feet. But maybe when we start to get to be light on their lives, they start to look at heaven. There is someone, someone there that cares about me, and it's called Jesus. And this is what this shirt already said. There's a way for hope and joy, and this way is through Jesus, the only way. He's the only one who can heal those lives. I was really, really happy last December when uh, we got to a vigil. Huh? Vigil. Vigilia. A pray vigil. And when we start that, uh, Bethany just told me this was... Uh, the kids ask for this. The kids ask for know more about God. This is our vision. Because maybe in a few years, they will have families. How would their families be? Like my friends that have kids everywhere? that can't take care of their wives, of their husbands, of their kids, how would these this families be? This is really, really important to me because family is the base of the society. If we have good families, families where the foundation is Jesus, the rock is Jesus, then this land will be good. This is what I can share with you right now. It's really, really important. I don't have words to describe it. It's better if you can go there and see by your own eyes what is happening there. Thank you. Thanks, Bethany. And Juan, and Juan no issue with your English, that's for sure. Um, one thing, uh, one thing I want to stress for, uh, for CLM is many have heard about CLM for, you know, many years, and there's been ups and downs of different things, but uh, having just been there in, in January, I can really see it, it, it's, it's an amazing job that the local board is, is doing there and one's on, on the board there, um, and uh, really thank them for that level of change. And, you know, it's easy to get involved with missions where it's new things and, uh, it, you know, even use Zambia as an example and stuff. It's exciting. It's, it's new. There's a lot of kids in, involved and stuff. But um, one of the things that sometimes happens with a, a new project is it takes focus away from an existing project that it's going on and it, uh, and it makes them struggle when there isn't enough funds. So, you're not sure where to give, put it to where most needed, and uh, and either the foundation or ACC MBC will direct it to where it is actually most needed. So uh, an ACCF work team that went to Paraguay.
this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones He came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ I live there in the ground his body lay light of the world by darkness then bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave he rose Oscar and Karen couldn't be here this year at Eastern Camp, but uh, they also uh, sent a, a video through for us. Cause I can't think 
We have an update on uh, the uh, 
Manos Picanos Little Hands Orphanage as well from Mexico, and uh, there will be a lot more information on uh, Thursday afternoon. Um, this is uh, an update where things are at now. It seems like there's so much to hope for So many dreams I wish They all could come true But when I think about your ways, Lord It gives me so much faith In all that you do
Christ who strengthens, strengthens me. Mike and Tammy Shulia had the opportunity of uh, uh, going to Asia, and uh, um, we got a video from some of that. Oh, I got the wrong one here. Sorry. Well, maybe it was the right one. Sorry about that. I think I'll get it to work. Two years ago, we heard these words. I'm going to go back a bit there. Here we go. Sorry about that. Two years ago, we heard these words. We all have felt the call of go in our lives, and we pray that this short video of our recent trip to Southeast Asia will challenge you to get involved in what God is doing around the world. Did you know that 2.6 billion people live in unreached people groups? The need is great. God made you you exist for him and the most glorious reason you exist is for the proclamation of the glory of god to the ends of the earth we are all called to go and make disciples god took us to thailand and cambodia where the majority of the population are buddhist it is common to see people praying or giving offerings like food, money, or burning incense to the idols representing Buddha. The idols range in a variety of sizes, and it's sad to see people committing themselves to the Buddhist lifestyle or going the next step to become a monk. Going to another country also exposes you to another way of life, another culture. Here's an example of public transportation called Song Tao, or in this short video of us riding in a tuk-tuk, you will see how it is normal to cut off traffic when coming to an intersection. Yeah. 
It is also normal to see garbage thrown everywhere, especially in Cambodia. We visited the Agape home, an orphanage for Thai children with HIV, where we sponsor a young boy. These next few pictures show a little bit of how the home looks, as well as us spending time with Jirudet once we found him. Tammy had started sponsoring him two and a half years ago when she first met him, and it was a special treat to come back to visit him together. Visiting him made the sponsorship so much more real, and it was a sad moment to leave. Perhaps God is calling you to sponsor a child and impact someone's life. Or perhaps you are being led to sponsor missionaries that have the potential to impact many lives as they look to share the gospel with others. We were privileged to meet up with others on our trip that felt the same calling of go, and it was a blessing to see what God was doing in their ministries. We also spent two weeks at the Cambodia Slum Ministries, which focuses on children between the ages of preschool and high school. The couple running the ministry primarily teaches English, provides computers for typing lessons and musical instruments and songs for learning music. This is all done in a loving environment and incorporating biblical material or principles where appropriate. Here is a video of the young children learning to pray before getting their free meal from the ministry. While they have two younger sisters that help with the preschool classes, they come up with all the curriculum to teach the older classes. We helped out with each of the classes and came up with English lessons and games that were appropriate for their skill level. Unfortunately, the two weeks flew by and we had to leave, but we were certainly blessed by living a much simpler lifestyle and helping those in need that have so much less than we do. This last video clip is an example of the Sunday morning worship that they have with the youth Bible study. Five minutes doesn't do justice to several weeks worth of experiences, but we pray you were inspired by God's work. That leaves the question, what are you going to do now? Go. I have an update from uh, Regina from Josh and Shelley as well. As I walk this great unknown Questions come and questions go Was there purpose for the pain? Did I cry these tears in vain? I don't want to live in fear I want to trust that you are near Trust your grace can be seen in both triumph and tragedy I have this hope in the depth of my soul In the flood or the fire, you're with me and you won't let go But sometimes my faith feels thin like the night will never end 
a great introduction to the theme of domestic missions. We've seen a lot on the foreign mission field, which is great, but there's a whole mission field right at our doorstep. And I'm going to focus on two of them. Um, We just witnessed uh, the one in Regina, but uh, I'd like to focus on two of them here of the uh, homeschool and Christian school as well as summer Bible camp. So I want to spend a few minutes Minutes just talking about schooling options. As probably most of you have uh, experienced, those of you who are parents, the schooling option that we choose for our children is a very sensitive topic. And we've probably spoken to passionate people on various persuasions in that way, and we ourselves may be very uh, passionate about it. And it's because we all care very deeply about this subject. As I considered this subject matter, as you look at the the slide, you'll see that plants flourish in different environments. If you look on the left, you see a greenhouse. Some plants need to start in a greenhouse in a sheltered environment till they get to a certain maturity before they can be transplanted to a less ideal environment where they can carry out the lives. Some can start in a, a garden, a nice climate, and even yet some others in the harshest climate like the desert can flourish there. And in some ways, I think all of us can be considered like a flower, and the environment that we or our children flourish in will be different. 
And so I think the theme verse as I sort of consider this is found in 2 Corinthians where it says, not that we have dominion over your faith, but helpers of your joy. In other words, to say it is we don't want to tell you how to put, this is the Apostle Paul talking, and I think this applies to us as well, we don't want to tell you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so that you will be full of joy. For it is by your own faith that you stand firm. And so we don't judge other people's decisions in this regard, sometimes because we learn a lot from those who may have a different uh, uh, persuasion in this regard as to the schooling options for our children. But we want to provide an assistance to those that want to educate their children in perhaps a non-traditional fashion, and that In a sense, in our land, unlike those that we've seen here, uh, public school is free here. But if you want to educate your children in a Christian school or you want to do homeschool, that's on your own budget. And so in Canada, the Mission Board, we've recently approved a domestic education fund that applies to uh, our children up to $500 per student per year to cover these various expenses and it's a way of investing in the future of our children. And so if you feel passionate or you feel persuaded in that regard, there is an option to help you in that way. Ultimately, there is no neutral education choice. Every one of them has pros and cons. And if you're considering a particular option, do not let the cost deter you because when God provides a conviction, he will also provide a way. And we have personal stories for those that, that, that chose a different way in how God has provided. Sometimes it's overwhelming and we take one year at a time. And so for those of you that perhaps don't have children or desire to invest in the future of our children, you can also help out young families in this way by donating to this fund uh, to, to help in this ministry. Uh, actually, you want to also mention there is a, for those of you that are, uh, feel called to do homeschooling or consider homeschooling, there will, there will be a forum later this week uh, to cover that a discussion that we have every year. The second domestic focus is that of the summer Bible program. And so, Lord willing, next year in our church in Strasbourg, Kitchener, we'd like to have a Bible program uh, for uh, um, young people to study the Bible together, to unlock its treasures, to also articulate the gospel better, to understand the social issues we're facing or you're facing as you're growing up and have questions and wonder, what does the biblical worldview say about these matters. And so the current planning, we're thinking about doing it as a six-week offering in two-week segments, so if you can't attend the entire time, that's okay. You can join when it works in your summer schedule. The goal is to have it as a Monday to Friday program, and for those that are in grade 10 or around 16 years old to their uh, early to mid-20s, and we'll provide room and board in homes of our, of our church families with the other students as well. And Lord willing, we'd like to provide evening classes to area churches. And there's no cost to attend. And we're going to gauge the interest of the, for those of you, both parents and children in this, 
Young people in this regard, we're going to hand out a survey later this week that uh, will ask you to fill in and uh, provide information for how many would be interested in this program. So there will be a survey uh, outside the dining hall uh, for those parents to fill in, and for teens, uh, you'll fill in your survey at uh, your forums and your classes later this week. And if you have any further questions, please see myself or Sister Joanna Weinhardt. Thank you. So I have an update on Ghana, but because of time constraints, I'm going to just tell you, come out to the afternoon forum and we'll give you the updates on, uh, on what's happening with, uh, uh, with Ghana and, uh, and the cooperative uh, farming and the shipping of the equipment. Lately, it seems that we're getting more and more confused about what a church actually is. So let's take some time to set the record straight. Church is not a building though a building can be used by a church. Church is not a denomination, though a set of beliefs should be important to a church. Church is not about Sunday, though a church should not forsake meeting together. Church is not about one person or personality, though every church should be pastored. And church is not about size or growth, though every church is called to make disciples. So don't think of church as an address or a location, but rather think of church as mobile and on the move. Don't think of church as something built or planted, but rather think of church as something deployed. Don't think of church as where you are for an hour each week, but rather what you are every day of the week, because the church is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Feet shouldn't sit still. Hands shouldn't be idle. Feet go. Hands do. This is the church. Church isn't what you're sitting through right now, because you are the church. Now go and be the church. Let's conclude with prayer. Father, we're thankful for this hour that we spent together to see how hands and feet have went, what, what they are doing and Father, we have been called to go as well into our communities, into the areas where you have called us. And we pray through the inspiration that we have received in this day that you would motivate us, that you would direct us. We thankful, we're thankful, Father, for the visionaries, those who have gone out to establish many of these missions and others who are desiring to do the same. We ask your blessing on that. And each mission, Father, whether they're uh, foreign in different countries, in different cultures. We pray your continued work and blessing on those that are uh, present there and those that are traveling there in the near future. We pray, Father, even for the mission here at camp as many lives, all of our lives are impacted and affected and for those that are investing in the lives here through the various volunteer positions. And Father, we pray also for our children in this generation as we live in a greater secular environment. Pray you'd give us wisdom and understanding how to pass on this precious faith that we as a church would not just be interested in buildings and programs, but in people and in going and doing. And we pray, Lord, that you would work and raise up workers as we um, ask you, as you have commanded that we would pray unto the Lord of the harvest as the fields are white unto harvest, and truly that is the case. 
But Father, without your blessing, without your direction, it would all be in vain. And Lord, we are grateful for your spirit that provides that. And as we conclude our time together, we pray for your remaining blessing, not throughout, not just through this day, but the remainder of this week as well. In Jesus' name, amen. With this, we, con- with this, we conclude our missionary forum. Thank you for coming. <laughs>